All right, 4.05 here on the Blitz 1170. We're streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Scott File. Colby Daniels alongside as well. We've got a snack for you coming up at 4.45 today in which we will celebrate the birthday of one of the goats who turns 50 today. And my jaw dropped when this individual that I saw is actually 50 years old. Made me feel really old. And then instantly went and started looking up photo galleries of her. So we'll explain a little bit later coming up at 445 this afternoon on The Snack. And then John Holcomb will join us for a breakdown of Oklahoma State and TCU. But let's hit up that hotline and welcome in Eli Letterman from Sellout Crowd here on the Blitz 1170. What's going on, Eli? How are you today, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm en route to Lloyd Noble Center as we speak. It's been a while. I'm glad to be back with you guys. It has been a while. $5 beers uh, in line for one Eli mm-hmm. Letterman tonight? or um, I wish. If, uh, sell out crowd you know frown upon be? that? I think the uh, the whole being a professional journalist deal uh, okay. covering an event frowned upon. However, I, I might actually be at Lloyd Noble Center in a non-working capacity Saturday. So maybe I'll make up for it then. Ah, there you go. There you go. That I, might be my move. I have to admit, we joked about this earlier. Um, man, I like my Oklahoma coaches that want to double down on horns down. Like, not, not like what Porter did is like, nah, I knew I was going to be asked about this. I kind of want to go away from this and not answer any of it at all. Man, I want someone that's like, yeah, you know what? We got this special shooting jersey that we're going to wear before the game that has horns <laughs> down on it. Like, let's fire this back up. But that's in a time past, Eli. We're now 2024 where everyone's locking arms together and singing together and lockstep on their way to the SEC. Uh, but Porter wanted absolutely nothing to do with that, didn't he? I think it was a smart play for him. <laughs> what, what use does he get out of Drag because what if, if he gets into it and they lose by thirty tonight, then no longer does Rodney Terry look like the the joke. It's, it's Porter Moser suddenly. So I think he played it smart diplomatically. I think if you look around, like Lo Susan uh, tweeted something. Uh, it was uh, the on Twitter, but like the it was the horns down. So they're getting their barbs in, and I, I have to imagine that if tonight goes the way that Sooner fans hope that Porter Moser hopes. You'll see plenty of horns down, and maybe then. I don't know. I don't think I think at that point Porter, Porter Moser can just indulge in, in getting the win, but you might see uh, a few more horns down. Better, It's always better post-game than it is pre-game. This is what happens when you hire someone not from here. <laughs> doesn't it appreciate does, the rivalry. That doesn't understand it. <laughs> That is absolutely hilarious uh, at the same point. Well, Eli, what have we learned about this OU basketball team so far as they've moved back up to number 11, uh, this conference that is just an absolute gauntlet week in, night out, however you want to phrase it. uh, It's it's pretty impressive what they've been able to do in turning and flipping the roster over and – you know, I've seen multiple people from John Rothstein earlier today that was on a video that I watched that said, hey, keep an eye out on Oklahoma. They're sneaky enough here, not only in conference, but in, uh, the, in, the, in the big tournament as well. Kind of hanging outside the top 16 seeds right now with Lenardi, but it's still pretty early for them to have an opportunity to move up. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you can watch the rankings change all the time. I feel like everything we think we learn about the Big 12 week-to-week changes. You watch one week and you think, man, Texas is toast. Then they go beat Baylor, and, and you look around the conference, and the, the results every week are surprising. So I think what we know about the Sooners 
and learned last week is that there's some resilience here, and, and that's something that they haven't had in the last couple of years. They they lose the games on the road to TCU and Kansas. Two games, you kind of chalk up. You probably would have, if you had played it out before the conference schedule began, you might have predicted them both as losses. They came to West Virginia, and they had the trip to Cincinnati. Neither, game, neither of those were easy games, and they go 2-0 last week, set themselves up, move back up at the rankings, and they come home tonight. You know, they're favorites. Uh, it's going to be packed at Lloyd Noble Center. And this is has, a, has the feel of a different Porter Moser team. Now, everything can flip this week, just like it has across the conference. And it might flip-flop again. I, I'm sure there's going to be up and ups and downs. But I think on the whole, we're, we're seeing that this team has a bit more metal, has a bit more ability to, to kind of bounce back. And you need that in this conference because you are surely going to get beat especially on the road, and, and there's going to be tough games. So I, I think we know that this is a team um, that has maybe a bit more substance to it, um, as, as certainly as we're talking about Big 12 contention and, say, tournament contention. If they win tonight, they'll basically be halfway to those eight wins that everyone sort of agrees you need to get into the tournament, uh, and that'll be the 12 conference games left, and, and they'll be in a pretty good spot. Have we seen this team's ceiling, and is it about just maintaining that consistency, or do you think they're still – a, a ceiling that they haven't achieved yet? Well, I, I don't think you've seen them kind of have their best guys playing their best all on the same night. I mean, Otega always been a bit, um, you could say, a roller coaster in conference play, although I think that's a bit diminishing because while he has maybe started slow offensively in certain games, he's always been contributing in other ways, and, and he's found ways um, to rebound both on the boards, but, I, you know, with his offense and his scoring in, in a lot of these games. But, whether it's him or Javian McCollum or Los Susan, all of them have had moments, but I think you're waiting to see all of them click at the same time and what that might look like. I think if you're having concerns or wondering where, you know, they, they might have holes that, that could get exposed, I still think it's the depth. They've figured out that eight-man rotation really, really well, but you saw it against TCU. You saw it a bit against Kansas. They're two conference losses. When they get into foul trouble or they're just grasping for something on the bench or, or two of those guys don't have it that night, they're a bit thin, and, and that is what, you know, you, you'll pay for that in, in the Big 12 right now if you don't have the depth. Eli, what's the uh, latest? And I know that the uh, ankle injury there with, with McCollum, um, and he came back, right? He After he came back, though, it, his shot didn't look the best. What's, what's the latest on his ankle? Was there any lingering effects after he had that injury? Yeah, it honestly didn't even come up yesterday in Porter Moses presser and, and neither, you know, maybe, maybe that's encouraging. We're going to find yeah. out tonight. I think, uh, you know, I said, well, I'm headed to Lloyd Noble. One of the things I'll have my eye on is, you know, do you have anything on that ankle and, and how does he look? Because that's, that's a huge factor. They they don't have uh, a scoring guard quite like him anywhere. We're, we can consider Ortega away, you know, sort of that combo guard forward deal. But, you know, if he's a forward, uh, Javin McCullum is, is who they can turn to for, for points and points fast. And so if he's limited, that, that's a huge factor. And, again, as I said, the, the depth here, they don't uh, – they're one through eight. I think this is, is far and away Porter Moser's best team at Oklahoma. I think that one through eight can really compete all over the Big 12. But you take a guy out, uh, you know, if, if, if someone's injured, you take a guy out uh, if someone's having an off night. And that's where the Sooners get thin. And, it, and I think generally you're going to see them struggle to compete on those nights. So the, the thing to be watching – if you're curious, uh, this evening, it, it's, it's what's the status of that ankle and what's the status of Javion McCullough. Do you notice the, the OU basketball fans? I was about to say OU fans, but I think you kind of have to specify with basketball. The OU basketball fans, are they buying in more? Do you, do you feel like there's a, a different energy at Lloyd Noble? 
I do. I think tonight we're going to uh, really feel it. I think that place is going to be packed. You know, it, it's always going to be packed for a Texas game or, or uh, a Kansas game. But um, I think they're ready to believe. And, and I, I think the key for OU, you know, they've always had the support of the basketball fans, and you, you make the distinction. But it's about packing that place consistently. The way to do that, winning games, uh, winning games against schools like Texas. You're, you're talking to someone who wrote a story today that wasn't well-received universally about you know attendance at Lloyd Noble Center and and as it relates to the SEC as, as these two teams are playing their final uh, SEC game in Norman tonight uh, excuse me big 12 game in Norman tonight before they go to the SEC uh, Oklahoma has shown over the years they can absolutely pack Lloyd Noble Center they don't do it consistently and uh, surely the surest way to get there is a winning product and for the first time Porter Moser has it um, in his time with the Sooners but the energy is changing, and I really feel like tonight could be kind of a, a swing game in a sense. Not in the Sooner season, maybe it will, but really in, in pulling uh, this fan base into Lloyd Noble Center because they need that. Uh, they, they see it on the road every night, great home crowds, and, and you can't always count on that in Norman. But I, I think uh, this is an opportunity more than just uh, to get a big win over Texas, but to perhaps win over some of those fans who are still on the fence. I'm just curious, Eli. Uh, why wasn't universally uh, received that well, what you wrote? Just because of the fact that they're, they have been in the bottom half of home attendance across the league? Is that just something that, that they don't like being pointed out? What, what was some of the, I guess, angst against the, uh, the article? Well, I can say that the premise simply was this is the last time Texas is coming here, the next time they'll be here, these will be two SEC schools. And that was an opportunity to look at where they'll fit in in terms of attendance when they're in the SEC next year. It's coming fast. And Texas would have finished sixth in the SEC last year in in home attendance. Oklahoma would have been dead last among all the SEC schools that will be there next year. And certainly that that did, um, you know, rub some folks the wrong way. And and sure, I, I get this one, too, that, you know, it's a huge game tonight. Plenty of angles, but that's the one I took. Um. But I, I think, you know, there, there seems to be some, um, some sensitivity, and rightly so, on, on the attendance being pointed out. But, you know, the fact is, Porter Moser has talked about attendance from day one. It's been a, a really big part of, the, of his pitch and, and the program he wants to build. It's filling that place, and they've been successful there as the students on the whole. Um, and the fact is, you know, it, uh, you know, it can seem at times that, you know, there, there can be more, uh, more complaining about it being pointed out about the attendance and there is urgency to fill that place. And right now, there's no excuse not to come watch this OU men's basketball team because this is probably the best team uh, they've had in, in, in some number of years now. There's a saying about the truth. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, the truth hurts. Well, I mean, there's also a part of that, too, where at, at some point in time, and let me speak, at, uh, I mean, Eli could completely disagree with me on this, but, I mean, there's there's a little bit to sometimes, hey, there's this look in the mirror thing, right, that you have to do as well as a as a program and also as a fan base. Like, if, if you're not happy about it, you, like, you, there's an opportunity for you to change that. And I think, and that's, sometimes it's not as simple as that, guys. I mean, they've they've talked about a new arena for decades now down there. Uh, there's finally some forward momentum that's happening on that front. So there's so many other things that that go into uh, to attendance, but uh, a lot of that is is that this has been a problem. This was even a problem back during the Kelvin Sampson days, for crying out loud, for when they when they had really good times so, or teams. This is not a new scenario that's that's playing out in front of us by any means. Well, and, and here's the other piece. I mean, there, there's a lot of factors, as you say. Uh, I'm driving to the game right now. This is my job, but 
and, and I've got no doubt they're going to fill the plate tonight. But a 6 o'clock weeknight tip, that's not easy. Uh, that's nope. a factor that works against it. The Oklahoma City Thunder have a home game tonight. That's yes. a factor that has worked against uh, home attendance in Norman from, from the second the Thunder got here. So, you know, the, the arena is, is another thing, and I, I mentioned it in the story just briefly. Of, you know, it's something to consider, but that has been, as you say, a, a long battle uh, and a bit of a chicken and the egg thing. I heard from plenty of people today saying, well, someone referred to Lloyd Noble Center as a boring dungeon. And while I might not disagree with that description, um, if you've got a, you know, the 11th ranked team in the country, does it really matter where you're going to see the game? But, you know, I, I've heard, you know, for years now, I've covered, covered the team for, for a few seasons. The, the complaints about Lloyd Noble Center are the reasons that, that they don't pack that place are well-founded. Um, but, you know, here we are. I think tonight it'll be packed. But they're still fighting that fight in the SEC. It's not really going to get worse. Um, you know, they ranked ninth of the 10 Big 12 teams in the conference last year in home attendance. Um, but they're not going to make up any ground. And, and it is a conference where you've got schools like Arkansas and Kentucky, uh, even Auburn, that routinely sell out their arenas. Uh, and Oklahoma State, similar now when they go to, to say, Allen Fieldhouse or even Iowa State where, where they pack their places, the Sooners are, are lagging behind on attendance. The uh, last one that I've got on the actual game itself, so you, you talked about depth. Um, there's a reason why that getting those 21 points off the bench over the weekend were so significant for Oklahoma. So there is that. They may not have a lot of depth, but you've got some veterans that are at least kind of next in line to be that quality of depth. And then, two, they've got to find a way to uh, limit turnovers. You know, 54 in the last four games that they've had, almost 14 per game. Uh, you can get away with that for a little bit, um, but man, in this league, uh, that is that is one thing that if you can find a way to start knocking some of those off per game, uh, it's going to pay off in the long run, and uh, that would be an area of concern for tonight. And Texas, Texas is almost in the exact same boat because they've had 51 over the last four games. Yeah, you're kind of in, in that sense. You're you're talking about kind of teams with similar issues and. It's been a talking point for Porter Moser all year. They want to create turnovers and they want to reduce the ones they're committing. Same with every program in the country, but that really has been a point of emphasis for, for Porter Moser. I mean, we know that this is, his design is to have a defense that will create turnovers, and uh, it's been a major issue that the turnovers they're committing, so they've got to rein that in a bit. You mentioned the bench. Uh, as much as uh, you know, I pointed out the depth for them can be an issue, on the nights they're on, so it's points off the bench and the off TC during the week. And so they're, I, I, it's reductive to say that, you know, they're kind of coming and going based on uh, on the bench play, but you can feel the difference on the nights when you've got Latre Darthard and, and Rivaldo Suarez and John Hughley going because they're the ones that have made the difference. And, and those are also the kind of players they just didn't have in years past. And so that is, you know, that, that's been a key difference. Um, and, and they've got to figure out consistency there. The, the, the issue is that if, let's say, one or two of those guys is off, they, they don't have another two or three guys to turn to and, and, and see who's hot that night. That's who they're rolling with. And on, on the nights it's good, it's really good. On the nights it's been a struggle. You saw it at TCU. Um, it really hurts the Sooners. So that would be, you know, could be an X factor for every game the rest of the season. I'd certainly say tonight. It's something we'll have our eyes on. Okay, uh, last one is uh, I thought that your story on Ryan Miner um, 
was incredibly well done. And I'll kind of give you a few moments to talk about your experience with going there in the celebration of life for Ryan Miner. Um, some big names that were there, obviously, to pay their respect for it. But, uh, man, that was a really good read, Eli, on on uh, Ryan Miner, a Sooner legend. Well, I, I appreciate that. It was a couple weekends ago now. Um, they, Ryan Miner passed away in December. Uh, they'd had a funeral, funeral for him in Maryland where he'd settled after his playing career with the, the Baltimore Orioles. But this was uh, a celebration of life and, and more and really a, an opportunity for those who knew him in this community or in and around Norman or Oklahoma city, uh, to, to honor him. And it was, uh, an honor truly to, to be in that room and to sit there and, and hear the stories that were told that day and to, uh, to, to paint the picture, not just of, uh, really, he's not the first two sports star at OU, but I, you know, I think in terms of the modern era, they look at him as, as a guy who really set a trend, um, in that direction, but of, of the man that Ryan Miner was, because every single story was maybe started with, something he did with the basketball program, with the baseball program, something he did at Hammond uh, before he got to Norman and so on, but all came back to Ryan Miner, the man, and um, that was really what that story was about, was who this guy was to so many people, uh, and obviously an, an important face uh, of a certain era in Oklahoma men's basketball and, and baseball. Um, so getting to tell that story was, as I said, an honor, and uh, I know uh, I saw Damon Miner today tweeting out some photos and uh, talking about Ryan's performances about Texas in the past. So his memory in that sense on nights like tonight certainly lives on as well. No doubt. I'm sure that photo of Ryan Miner giving horns down after he scored 30 against them. If, That's uh, exactly with a, right. That's with, the one. If there's a win tonight, I'm sure that one will uh, have some more traction on it coming up tonight. Good stuff, Eli, man. I appreciate you. Great to have you back on here on the Blitz, and uh, we'll do this again soon. Appreciate it, Pop. Good luck with the Niners this weekend. Uh, yes, I'm wearing my gold starter jacket as we speak, Eli. There I have busted out of the closet. All right, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. That's uh, Eli Letterman joining us here on the Blitz 1170 from Sellout Crowd covering the Oklahoma Sooners. All right, it is 423. We want to hear from you in the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, 918-262-5072. We've got a snack coming up in about 20 minutes from Mark. John Holcomb in the 5 o'clock hour as well, all before we shut down shop today at 6 o'clock, right before... The Oklahoma State Cowboys come on the air tonight with the pregame at 7 o'clock here on your home for Oklahoma State, the Blitz 1170. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan.